0: Chapter 3 of Little Blue Book 646 The Spirit of Brazilian Literature This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Little Blue Book 646 The Spirit of Brazilian Literature by Isaac Goldberg Chapter 3 The Trend Toward Autonomy 1750-1830 it is worthwhile recalling for brazil a phenomenon that is not altogether unknown in the history of that america which speaks spanish and english the history of colonial exploitation was little different essentially in brazil from what it was in spanish america or in the future united states the rebellious spirit however stirred most actively in the bosoms not of the lower class victims of oppression but in those of the idealists The part played in the separatist movement by the so-called Inconfidencia, i.e. disloyalty group, is none too clear. Surely, few could have been less fitted to head a revolt against Portugal than were these impractical poets. They were premature in their attempt, but that is almost a definition of any sort of idealism. That they tried to live a poetic ideal may set them down as impractical. It writes them down, too, as men and it gives them a place in their country's history as well as in her literature as the creative spirits of the previous epoch tended to centre about the luxurious city of bahia so do the chief writers of the present era fall into what has been called the minera group so named from the province of minas gerais of those that demand our recognition there are a pair of epic writers and four lyric poets basilio da gama published his and. 1769, Santa Gita Doran is Caramuru in 1781, the lyricists are Claudio Manuel da Costa, 1729 through 1789, Thomas Antonio Gonzaga, 1744 through 1807 or perhaps as late as 1809, Jose G. Alvarenga Peixoto, 1744 through 1793, and Manuel Ignacio de Silva Alarenga, 1749-1814. That the epic should reveal the influence of Camoines is not to be wondered at. To us, they are more important for their spontaneity, and because they possess a certain intuitive historic relation to their times. The matter is genuinely indigenous. The sentiment, despite loyalty to Portugal, becomes nationalistic indeed basilio da gama in his uruguay was one of the first to practice however unpremeditatedly what spanish americans have called literary americanism the uruguay was meant largely to excoriate the jesuits out of whose fold the author himself had come yet what basilio da gama did was to create what has been called the first romantic poem in portuguese literature and this is the place to recall Verissimos valuable distinction between the first and second types of indianism in his nation's letters such writers as basilio da gama and santa gita Doran employ the indian as a poetic artifice the indian enters as a necessity of the subject a simple aesthetic or rhetorical means he is not sung but is rather an element of the song in the second indianism that of the romantics the loftiest representative of which is gonzales dios the indian advances from the position of an accessory to that of an essential element he is the subject and the object of the poem in this first phase of indianism the sympathy of the poet is transferred only incidentally to the savage the contrary case obtains in the second phase the sympathy of the poet is his entirely though most critics agree that katamuru is rather than the Uruguay, the national poem, such a distinction possesses only a patriotic significance. For a number of reasons, I find the latter more satisfying. It employs a flexible blank verse, rather than the wooden octaves of the other. Its language is not the bombastic rhetoric of the academicians. As mere tale, however, Katamuru is the more interesting. It takes as subject the half-legendary figure of Diogo Álvarez Correia, a sort of Brazilian John Smith, whose Pocahontas is the maiden Paraguasu. He was supposed to have taken her to France and after her baptism was said to have married her with Henry the Second and Catherine de Medici standing sponsor to the pair. The pretty story has been disproved. Paraguasu's rival Moema provides the best known passage of the epic, for she swims after the vessel that is bearing the couple to France holds out as long as she can, and then sinks into the wave, abrading the ogre as long as breath lasts. The most famous line of the Uruguay occurs after the passage, in which Lindoya, the sweetheart of Cacambo, has, after having drunk the fatal potion that reveals to her the destruction of Lisbon and the expulsion of the Jesuits, commit suicide by letting a serpent bite her. So beautiful lay death upon her face. I suffer from no poe plagiarism complex and i consider myself quite free of the academic flair for resemblances and literary influences but in this case especially in view of the fame that the line has acquired in portuguese and brazilian letters and in view of the beauty of the thought itself i must point to a passage in Cervantes, which would almost seem to have been in basilio da gama's mind as he wrote the best line in his epic in chapter sixty nine part two of don quixote describing the dead damsel upon the tomb cervantes writes un cuerpo muerto de un tan hermosa doncella que hacía parecer con su hermosa hermosa a la misma muerte literally translated this reads the corpse of so beautiful a damsel that with her beauty she made death itself appear beautiful as Motto has rendered it it is even closer to the brazilian line Upon the tomb lay the body of a young damsel, who, though to all appearances dead, was yet so beautiful that death itself seemed lovely in her face. Like the epic poets, the lyris foreshadowed the coming of the Romanticists, as the Bayen group was associated with the spirit of the Little Academy, so the Mineta group represents the Arcadianism of the age. Claudia da Costa translated Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, not a very poetic task, it is characteristic of the transitional epoch that he was influenced by the Italians and the French. He is hardly the pre-Vironian that Homero would make of him, but is rather of the classic pastoralist chief representative, as Carvalho has called him, of arcadism in Brazil. The most appealing, because the most human of the group, and the least dependent upon the accidents of the day and generation, is Thomas Antonio Gonzaga. Gonzaga's poems to Marília, for each Arcadian, like Petra must have his Laura, form the Brazilian song of songs. The popularity of Marília may be gauged from the fact that it has gone through more editions than any other classic in Portuguese, with the exception of Camões' Os Lusiadas, alone. These are poems that should be better known in English. They have been widely translated into other tongues. The poet's woman, whose name and life are authenticated, becomes in his verse a flesh-and-blood reality. Though garmented in patriarchian conventions, she is no mere passion of the poet's hot fancy. His book is divided into two parts, the first written before his exile, the second after, for he is one of the disloyalty group. The first part is a springtime of beauty, love, and joy. The second is deeper, more sincere, saturated with the suffering and longing of exile glad hope was his beginning dark doubt is his end the fate of all things changes must only mind not alter verissimo not prone to enthusiasm writes of gonzaga's poems that they form in both the brazilian and the portuguese collections of poetry the supreme book of love the noblest the purest the most deeply felt the most beautiful which has been written in that tongue since benargin iberro and the sonnets of camoines that is very high praise on the whole it is deserved as antonio jose despite his brazilian birth is virtually portuguese in culture and style so gonzaga despite his portuguese birth is brazilian by virtue of his poetic sources and his personal lyrism his is not the erotic deliquis sense that Alavo bilac and other moderns may attain in their most passionate moments bilak writing but yesterday of the lost eden could glory in the sin that cast adam forth with his mate some poets are brought by their gods to a belief in woman gonzaga's lady brings to him a belief in god she leads him back to that heaven out of which such love as bilak's may send men forth into exile from the lord's splendor in comparison with the verses of a gonzaga the lines of an Alvarenga pesciotto or a silva avarengo lack interest to be sure the former contains a certain brazilianism while the latter strove after and sometimes achieved a cor americana an american color more than any other of the mineira lyrics he shows the stirrings of the later romanticism his glaura however is not so interesting as gonzaga's marilia historically he has been considered as a sort of transitional figure between the 17th century arcadism of claudio da costa and the nineteenth century subjectivism of gonzález Gías. the authorship of the cartas chilenas important among satirical writings of the age has long troubled critics gonzaga has been lately credited with it at any rate it is the work of a latter-day gregorio matos filled with the bahien's venom but more human we need not burden the survey with a roster of the ages lesser spirits we have sensed the pride of presence that filled brazil when the regent don juan of portugal fled in eighteen o seven from napoleon to brazil thus converting the colony virtually into the seat of the portuguese realm the ports of the colony hitherto closed all but vessels of the mother monarchy were thrown open to the world the first newspapers began to appear revolt was in the air just as the government remained monarchical on its slow progress to the republic of 1889 so the new literature wavered between a moribund classicism and the nascent romanticism in poetry the standard declined from that of the minero group but such men as saw zacaldas 1762 to 1814 sao carlos 1763 to 1829 and jose Aloy otoni 1764 through 1851 added the religious note which was natural to anything like a genuinely nationalistic strain i find in soza caldas ode to savage man for all his debt to rousseau and his avowedly christian purpose the personal element that is not without appeal to our contemporary religious skepticism as to sao carlos's assumption of the holy virgin it is interesting solely for its nativistic naivete when he comes to describe paradise, what does he do but turn it into a reproduction of Brazilian flora? The Brazilian Paradise Complex again. His description of Rio de Janeiro is as arid as it is long. I can work up no enthusiasm for Jose Elois Otoni's versified piety and patriotism. He put the book of Job into Portuguese with great success, even as Sausa Caldos did the Psalms. The outstanding figure of this epic however is the versatile libertarian jose bonifacio Andragi silva 1763 through 1838 his poetry represents by no means the largest share of his services to his country he invades the political and the scientific history of his nation in fact as a scientist he won ready recognition in europe under the arcadian name of americo alicio in 1825 his book of poems appeared they are like himself filled with violent passions let us not forget verissimo has written that jose bonifacio the so-called patriarch of our independence served portugal devotedly first as scientist in official intellectual commissions and as professor at the university of coimbra and then as volunteer major of the academic corps against the french of napoleon and finally as intendente Geral, or as we should say today chief of police of the city of porto and jose bonifacio like washington was at first hostile or at least averse to independence this political ambivalence is to be found in his verses he is either glorifying the freedom of his beloved country or visiting his wrath upon its supine citizens during this period if the national letters show a firm stride forward from the inchoate rumblings of the previous epoch They are of interest chiefly, to me at least, as viewed in retrospect, with a knowledge of what they were leading to, as well as what they were proceeding from. It has been recognized that the beginnings of the period just surveyed provided the first instance of colonial influence upon the writers of the mother country. Portuguese poetry wrote Theofilo Braga, some time before he expected ever to be president of a Portuguese republic, receives an impulse of renovation from several Brazilian talents. They called to mind the situation of Rome when the literary talents of the Gauls, of Spain, and of Northern Africa enriched Latin literature with new creations. Chapter three